Welcome to the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. I'm David Leopold, the Creative Director of the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. And I'm Catherine Eastman, the Archives Manager. And today we are talking about Neil Simon. Yes. Uh, recently passed away on August 26th, and so we are doing an entire show just dedicated to Neil Simon and his shows. Because there are over 70 drawings wow. related to Neil Simon uh, plays and movies. Mm. Um, remarkable. Probably only Shakespeare probably has as many drawings, and I'm not even sure Shakespeare has you as think? many drawings. What about Tennessee Williams? Tennessee Williams has about 50. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Shaw know. might have a number yeah. of them, but I actually think Neil Simon holds the record. Interesting. Interesting. And we don't tend to think of, when we think of the great playwrights of the 20th century, we think of Eugene O'Neill, maybe mm-hmm. we think of George Kaufman, uh, Tennessee Williams. Right. But really, in the second half of the 20th century, Neil Simon dominated to a degree that is would be unheard of today. Mm. Um, he even had at one in 1966, he had four hit shows on Broadway simultaneously, uh, and the, uh, that was uh, Barefoot in the Park, Sweet Charity, The Star Spangled Girl, and The Odd Couple. That's right. So I mean, one musical and three plays two of which are still done today, have been revived on Broadway relatively recently, are still done in regional theaters. His plays have uh, an incredible quality to make people laugh. Let's uh, start at the beginning, uh, talk about who Neil Simon was and how, when, when and how he intersected with Alan Sure, Hirschfeld. I can give you all kinds of facts on this, David. This is my special, specialty. Uh, Wikipedia. <coughs> uh, he was born July 4th, 1927, just as Hirschfeld was <laughs> starting his caricature career. Correct. Um, he had a somewhat sad childhood, grew up in during the Depression, mm. and so he sought refuge in movie theaters. He liked all the comedies like Low and Hardy, Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin. He would have seen Hirschfeld's work in the posters as he walked That's into the right. theater. Oh, good point, David. He, he grew up in New York, so he would have also seen all of the Hirschfeld drawings in the newspapers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he eventually would uh, write for radio and television. Oh, in, yeah. He wrote, uh, I think his big break was with somebody you think oh, the world yeah. of. Oh, yeah. Robert Q. Lewis, the Robert Q. Lewis radio show. Uh, and then he also worked on the Phil Silver show um, in the second half of the, the But he was really part of the great writer's room for uh, Sid Caesar's uh, Yes, show. that was in 1950. Well... That writer's room was incredible because mm. it had really um, some of the great writers of uh, of the period. It had uh, Woody Allen, it had mm. Mel Brooks, it had Larry Gelbart, mm. and of course Neil Simon. Right. Um, Neil Simon was very anxious to get out of the television grind. Mm. He didn't you know, like it. Well, he had higher aspirations. Mm. Um, his first show was called Come Blow Your Horn right. in 1961. Actually debuted at the Bucks County That's Playhouse. That's right, I do, and I know, do know that fact. And... Uh, he rewrote it maybe 15 times. Wow. Um, he did not know if it would ever uh, uh, get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it did, uh, after it played at the Bucks County Playhouse, it came to Broadway. It was a hit. Yeah. And so immediately he started writing his next show. Mm. His next show, he wrote the book to a musical uh, by Cy Coleman and Carolyn Lee called Little Me. Mm. Oh, yes. Which uh, happened to actually star uh, Sid Caesar playing a That's wide variety of roles. Huh. 
Um, this was a great show for Hirschfeld to draw mm-hmm. because he loved characters. And Sid Caesar was a character all by himself, but right. he enjoyed playing all these different characters. And this show gave him the opportunity to play, oh, six or seven different characters. And so Hirschfeld's drawing has Sid Caesar in six different guises, uh, along with the, the female lead, Nancy Andrews. Um, but it's a wonderful drawing and one that he would sort of revisit uh, nearly 30 years later. Yeah, there are several drawings of Little Me because um, it was revived in the 80s. Yeah, with your with your good with friend, Victor boy. Garber. Yep, my other friend, Victor Garber. Um, that is actually a really nice drawing. And we've actually talked about that drawing before um, as kind of a non-personality um, drawing that could be used, you know, just to oh. kind of signify theater or musical theater. Definitely. Um, and it's, it's one of those because you really don't see his face, but it's a, you know, it's kind of a jazzy. He's got the striped jacket yeah. and the straw hat boater yes. and the cane. And uh, it's a nice little drawing. And yes. it doesn't necessarily have, it's not necessarily a Victor Garber or of Little Me. It kind mm. of transcends. No that. offense, Victor. No, no, of course not. Never. Um, <laughs> But when the show was done in 19, what was that, uh, 98, with um, Martin Short, Hirschfeld did a very similar uh, take on the show, except Martin Short, who was another great character, mm-hmm. uh, sort of character actor, right? Um, playing all these different characters, except his female foil this time was uh, the great Faith Prince. Mm. Well, his next show was Barefoot in the Park. Ah, now this is, I do know about Barefoot in the Park. And we could talk all day uh, about Barefoot in the Park. It's an interesting show. Mm-hmm. It uh, also premiered at the Bucks I County Playhouse. I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, it um, starred Robert Redford and Elizabeth Ashley. That's right. Uh, Kirk Kasner. And it became one of the longest running plays on Broadway. It ran for wow. four years. Wow. Um so the only time brought Barefoot in the Park, uh, he drew Barefoot in the Park, was in a thematic drawing uh, that was called Broadway a la carte, from soup to Nietzsche, <laughs> and which is actually from Barefoot in the Park. It's this uh, it's salted eel and great That's uh, gross. And olives. and Yes, it's a delicacy, a Japanese delicacy. Mm-hmm. I believe you. And uh, Kirk Kasnar serves it to Elizabeth Ashley mm. in the play. And uh, Hirschfeld has that little scene in amongst all these other scenes from different shows on Broadway at that time. He had done a... Um, What's Cooking on Broadway drawing uh, seven years earlier. Right. And it just, I think it amused him to see all this food being cooked on stage. Yeah, that's funny. Um, But he would never do another drawing, even though there was a very successful film of it with uh, Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. I mean, it was really the making of Robert Redford. Mm. Um, But strangely, Hirschfeld missed all of Redford's stage. Sometimes that happens. Uh, It's Redford's loss. It wasn't Hirschfeld's. So... So that was the start where it seemed like, and in fact it really was, almost every season there was a new Neil Simon play or a libretto to a musical. Mm. Um, in 1965, they he writes one of his all-time classics, which is The Odd Couple. Right. This, you know, now this has been drawn several times in many different iterations by Hirschfeld. Oh, definitely. He drew the original stage production with Art Carney and Walter Matthau. Mm. 
And this was really helped to make Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau would one, say, one time say to Nathan Lane um, that if it weren't for Neil Simon, he would have been a character actor in regional theater. Mm. But it was Neil Simon wow. who really elevated him. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that was uh, Matthau being very humble because I think he really was a fantastic actor and he for would sure. have shown through. Um, but it gives you some idea of how the actors felt mm-hmm. uh, saying Neil Simon's lines. And in fact, Matthau would go on to star, star in the uh, film uh, adaptation, also written by Neil Simon. And the film starred, instead of Art Carney, it starred Jack Lemmon. Right. You know, and those two were quickly becoming a uh, comedy pair. Mm. Uh, he also does an unlikely casting of the odd couple, which is a sure sign that a show has reached critical mass and everybody right. knows right. it. Right, because because you have to be able to get the joke exactly. of why these people are unlikely in, right. the, in those roles. Um, and he, who does he put? Uh, Peter Ustinov and Boris Karloff. Yeah, I assume. What's the joke there? Well, uh, they were both. Neither one of them was an Oscar Madison sort of. Uh, uh, sports writer, um, mm-hmm. you wouldn't. Exp- I mean, he that he has Peter Ustinov as this sort of grubby sports writer, and right. Peter Ustinov was it's not a grubby, very sports classy. Writer. Gotcha. And gotcha. he has Boris Karloff in the Felix Unger role, and uh, that maybe I could sort of see, uh-huh. but I think he was really playing on Boris Karloff, the you know sort of character from Arsenic and Old Lace, sort of the very creepy person. Yeah. Was he ever Frankenstein? Boris Karloff yeah. was Frankenstein. Okay. Oh, well, don't look at me like that. <laughs> I was making sure. Please remember my age, David. This was way before my time. Oh, my God. It's a classic. I thought everybody knows that. Nope. You didn't study it in school? Absolutely not. Did you not ever uh, pay attention at Halloween? No, I'm not a Halloween person. My husband's a Halloween person. He would probably know that. Yes, I guarantee you. I am not a Halloween person. Most people, when asked about Boris Karloff, the first thing they'll say is Frankenstein. Frankenstein. So I was on, I was, I was there. I was there for it. I got that right. Mark it down. Anyway, so uh, it like like we said, it really shows the cultural currency of a show if Hirschfeld can parody it in the unlikely casting series, right, right, which was seen by, of course, all theater goers in in that particular month that mm-hmm. it appeared, right. Um, but when they made the film version, Hirschfeld not only drew the film for Warner Brothers, and he did a, a, a great drawing of Lemon and Mathau in the roles, but he also drew um, the fellow card players. Um, there's a great poker night yes. scene, and he drew uh, a number of the different card players, uh, yep. Larry Haynes and uh, um, uh, John Fiedler, David Shiner. Um, and then he also drew the Pigeon Sisters, uh, uh, Monica Evans and Carol Shelley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he would then draw the film for the New York Times. Oh. When Hirschfeld drew odd, The Odd Couple for the New York Times, the film, he drew it almost identical to uh, the stage drawing that he had done. Mm. Uh, and instead of uh, Art Carney as Felix Unger, it, it showed Jack Lemmon. The drawing he did for Warner Brothers of the two of them is different. They're on an angle. Yeah. It's uh, it's sort of much more, could fit in a lot of places. Probably it was meant to be a one-column drawing right. or two-column drawing, right. whereas Hirschfeld's um, drawing for the Times was meant to be more horizontal. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, right after that, uh, of course, 
so he would draw the odd couple both on stage and screen. And then in the mid-1980s, Neil Simon brought it back to Broadway, mm. except this time he changed the gender. It was the all-female oh. uh, odd couple. Was it still called the all odd couple? Oh, yes. It was the same show. It was just recast. With uh, Sally Struthers and Rita Moreno. Mm. Interesting. And the drawing he did for that is um, is not like uh, his other drawings. No, for sure. So Sally Struthers plays the Oscar Madison uh, character. Rita Moreno plays the Felix Unger character. And the drawing shows them overcooking, I guess, uh, a turkey of some sort. Mm. Uh, he would do two great Friday drawings for this production as well of Sally Struthers, who looks downright scary in her Friday drawing. But I think Rita Moreno's Friday drawing is as close to a perfect portrait of her mm. as anything. Interesting. Yeah, it's very pretty. Very pretty. Sort of captures her sort of style right. and, and, and panache. I mean, it's, a, it's a, one of the great Friday drawings. Right. He does... Um, the following year after Odd Couple on Broadway, he writes the book to a musical, a Bob Fosse musical called Sweet Charity. And that becomes a big hit. Yes, there's a Starring one. the great Gwen Verdon. Yep. Uh, he would do drawings, Friday drawings of performers in a revival in 1982, including B.B. Newworth and Anne Reiking, who would eventually get together and star in something you may have heard of called Chicago. And those were the only Broadway revivals of uh, of that show. Oh, well, that's not true. There was a Broadway revival in the Al Hirschfeld Theater after Al Hirschfeld was gone. And oh, so, wow. no, he did not draw it. Right, not that production. Um, the other musical he did in the 60s was Promises, Promises with uh, Jerry Orbach mm-hmm. and friend of the foundation, Jill O'Hara. Right. And... Uh, that was actually used recently when the Transport Group did a one-night sort of concert performances of uh, Promises, Promises. Right. He also drew the film version of Sweet Charity, now that I think of it. He drew Shirley MacLaine in the role. Uh, oh, that's and that the was for film the studio. version. Yeah, the film. Oh, interesting. That's a very um, iconic drawing. Hirschfeld liked it enough that he hung it in his, uh, on the third floor of his house. Mm. He passed it every day going up to his studio. Oh. Um, and but then we get into the seventies, and if and if Neil Simon dominated the sixties, in the seventies he he owned it. Mm. Uh, right off the bat, there are um, his first film that he wrote for the screen, The Out of Towners, with Jack Lemmon and Sandy Dennis, right. about two people from the Midwest who come to New York, and everything goes wrong. Mm. Uh, and. New York at this time, especially in Neil Simon's work, but in a lot of people's work, New York represents urban decay. Yeah. Well, uh, it was pretty scary in real life in the 70s. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, there was this nostalgia for the past. Mm, um, right. It started appearing on Broadway in lots of different ways in No, 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 Net. Annie. Annie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but... Uh, for a lot of people, New York in the 70s was this scary place mm. and bad things seemed to happen, right. you right. know. Uh, and so the out-of-towners captured that, all of that and that was in 1970. Mm. Right at the beginning of the decade. We also have Prisoner of Second Ave. 
In the 70s? Another one about New York as sort of a prison in which you, right. you it was hard to escape. Mm. Uh, the stage production starred, starred Peter Falk and Lee Grant. And he has them very claustrophobically in an apartment where you yeah. can see the brick wall of the apartment uh, house next door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it was made into a film, they got Jack Lemmon to play yeah. the Peter Falk role. Jack Lemmon likes Neil Simon. Oh, yes. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon were, were regular performers in uh, Neil Simon films. Because they're funny. Oh, funny. <laughs> and they captured the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, Neil Simon was the king of the one-liner. And he was he, he had a certain, I think we would see it now today as sort of a Jewish neuroses. A Woody um, Allen? Sort of like Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I think of Jer- Jewish neuroses, that's... All I think about is Woody Allen. Right. So is there someone else I should well, know Well, he was more... Uh, uh, Woody is the intellectual version of that uh, okay. to some extent. The comic uh, sure, Jewish neuroses. Sure. Okay. While Neil Simon is like your suburban... The everyday man. The everyman. Okay. Okay. Uh, he was okay. someone that spoke to everybody. Mm. If you were out in uh, Peoria and uh, you had some aspirations for maybe more than that mm-hmm. uh, or culture whatnot neil simon was speaking to you and 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 simon at this time writes a number of plays that are not at the beginning of the 70s he writes a series of plays that i think were his bid to try to become a serious to be to be accepted critically Mm. because at this time everyone uh acknowledges that he's a great hit maker right but But it's mostly comedies right up until this point and critics don't value comedies, and certainly they didn't value comedies then, right. uh, as important theater. Right, right. You know, uh, but I think this goes back to George Kaufman, for instance. Mm. You know, Kaufman, besides O'Neill, Kaufman is probably the only playwright who gets regularly revived from the 20s and 30s. Interesting. Uh, and the reason he does is because he he mined this human vein, this, this human nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while the... While the clothes may change and the names may change, right. people remain the same. Mm. And I think that's what Neil Simon was so good at, was mm. sort of plumbing the human condition and finding the humor in it. Uh, and but, but because it made people laugh, because it was popular, the critical consensus was that he was not a serious playwright. Right. I think something like that, uh, and, and Hirschfeld may have... Uh, understood that in a, in a certain way because mm-hmm. he was creating these wonderful works of art and everyone said, oh, it's caricature. It's right. in the newspaper. It can't be great art. Right. And still today, we're, um, people still view it as caricature. More people are viewing it as art, as they should. Um, but I think there is still that... Um Stigma, I guess. And right. It's well, just it's line drawing. It's just caricature. Right. Or it's just theater. It's just, right. Right. It's just celebrities. Just celebrities. Right. Um, and but of course we're finding today that people are seeing beyond who he draw and and they're much closer to what how he drew it. Right. You've heard me say uh, a number of times is that I think uh, young viewers, anybody under the age of thirty five today, looking at Hirschfeld's work, I think sees the work closer to how Al saw it than people of the time, because they're not caught up in the subject matter right. uh, of the of the drawings as much as they are interested in the drawing itself. For sure. So um, in the early 70s, Neil Simon does try to, he does a variation of a Chekhov called The Good Doctor, Mm. which has a wonderful drawing. Mm. Um, 
of Christopher Plummer and Renee Abergenois. Abergenois, another one of my boys. Yeah, so they're all there. And um, he does The Last of the Red Hot Lovers, which mm-hmm. is an interesting drawing, whereas most of the drawings up to this point of Neil Simon plays are pretty traditional. Right. Um, the Last of the Red Hot Lovers, which is about a man and the women in his life, shows James Coco with women literally crawling all around his head. Right. You know, it's 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 a wonderful take on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, although the show itself was not a huge hit. Mm. Um, he really uh, regains his form again in 1971 when he writes a show called Plaza Suite. Uh, there are three uh, sort of standalone uh, vignettes um, about different people staying at the Plaza Hotel. Oh, There's right. some intermingling, but they're right, sort of. Right. Um, and he would revisit that again mm. in, uh, he would do a film called California Suite right. that Hirschfeld drew mm. uh, and it starred, you know, sort of all the big stars of the period. Um, well, it was a, originally it was a stage production with George Grizzard and Tammy right. Grimes, but when it was made into a film, it starred Alan Alda and Jane Fonda. Uh, dare we speak his name, Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor. Michael um, Caine. Yes, Michael Caine, definitely. Maggie Smith. Yeah. And, and of course, all these performers wanted to be in a Neil Simon picture Mm. because that was the closest thing you could get to a sure thing. Mm. Um, But he would revisit the idea of these interconnected stories uh, that were standalones but that had some overlap in uh, he would eventually do uh, as I said California Suite and then eventually uh, one of his last shows was off Broadway it was called London Suite and oh, it yeah. took place in a London hotel mm. not drawn by Hirschfeld of course we can't forget the Sunshine Boys <laughs> no uh, another great one this, so this is 1975 uh, or 1972 I'm sorry the film version was 1975 yes. the 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 play was 1972. It starred Sam Levine and Jack Albertson about mm-hmm. these two old vaudeville performers who sort of can't get away from each other. Mm, the classic story. It's a classic story. It was it was, uh, it was adapted for film and it starred Walter Matthau and George Burns. Mm. Uh, and that is pretty much a cast made in Hirschfeld Heaven. Yeah. Sounds like it. And Hirschfeld did the poster for that film right. as well as black and white drawings that were used to promote the film. Yep, yep. And then he would do it again uh, uh, near the end of his career. He did it, uh, you know, and this is really some self-referential situation. In 1997, Tony Randall had called something called the National Actors Theater. He was trying to create a a national repertory theater of the classics. Mm. He he worked very hard at it and was completely unsuccessful, Mm. as were everybody else who tried to do Mm. that. But in order to try to get um, an audience for this theater, he put on uh, the Sunshine Boys and he asked his good friend Jack Klugman. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Tony Randall and Jack Klugman were the stars of the TV adaptation of The Odd Couple, Mm. a long-running TV series that was extremely popular and that Neil Simon had nothing to do with. Oh, interesting. Uh, But the two of them together in a Neil Simon play was sort of box office catnip. Gotcha. And Hirschfeld did a drawing of the two of them, you know, sort of shuffling along. Yeah, again, a very sweet drawing. Oh, very sweet doesn't necessarily have to be of those two, which it clearly is, but can also be, it stands on its own two feet, or four feet, as they have. (laughs) Um, He writes another film in 1977 uh, called The Goodbye Girl. 
Yes. And this has a real Hirschfeld connection because in addition to Hirschfeld drawing, doing a drawing to promote the film, that it starred uh, Richard Dreyfuss, Marsha Mason, and the drawing stars uh, features a um, young, a very young woman uh, by the name of Quinn Cummings uh, in the drawing. In the film, which is about a uh, actor who rents out his apartment um, to an actress, uh, he they the set decorator decided what would an actor have on his wall. Mm-hmm. He would have a poster for a Hirschfeld exhibition. Oh. And so, in the background uh, of the film, you see Richard Dreyfus and Marcia Mason arguing because in a Neil Simon play they're always arguing about something mm-hmm. uh, you see them arguing literally in front of this uh, uh, in this collection of Hirschfeld drawings on this poster he writes another movie right before the goodbye girl that I, I always loved it's called murder by death mm. and it is a parody of all the great um, film detectives ah yes I see Capote uh, Capote's in there. Uh, David Niven is in there. Peter Falk. Uh, it's an incredible collection, and they're all playing different characters. I mean, they're not called their actual names, but right, uh, right. there it's obvious. There's a there's a um, is there a Sherlock? There's a Charlie Chan character. There's a um, Alec Guinness is in the drawing. Estelle Winwood, Maggie Smith, Nancy Walker. Uh, uh, there's a Hercule Poirot character, mm. David Niven playing a very suave and sophisticated detective. Mm. And he has them gathered uh, to solve this mystery. Yeah. And it's completely ridiculous. I'm sure. And uh, very funny. Mm. And sort of classic Neil Simon. You know, they're just, the whole movie, they're all spouting these one-liners that often have to do with their character or the fact that they haven't been killed yet. Or it's, it's a funny film. I'll take and, your word for it. And Hirschfeld did a drawing of it to promote the film. Gotcha. Well, Chapter 2 was really, um, it was a serious play. It was a comedy, but it had a serious undertone. Uh, and it had to do with the fact of someone starting over. Neil Simon's wife had died of uh, cancer. Mm. Um, and he, on the rebound, had remarried an actress right. uh, by the name of Marsh Mason. And Mason actually uh, did not star in the stage version of uh, Chapter 2. That was uh, Judd Hirsch and Anita Gillette. Mm-hmm. But when the, the Sunday before the show opened, Hirschfeld did two drawings that appeared on the front page of the New York Times Arts and Leisure section. Mm-hmm. One featured Judd Hirsch and Anita Gillette uh, sitting together. And then there was sort of a mirror image of Neil Simon and Marsha Mason sitting together. Right. Uh, and this was really, in a way, it was the sort of the start of a new chapter in Simon's career. Mm. And uh, what was that new chapter? Well, he was getting, he was now, he had been writing now for more than 15 years. He His shows had been phenomenal successes. And now he had written a play about someone starting over in their relationship and it was very contemporary. Mm. And, you know, while it was funny, it would also sort of plumbed the depth of what people were going through at that time. And I think there was a certain bit of respect given to uh, Neil Simon at that time, that he really was becoming a, a great playwright and that people under- had there was more appreciation for his work. He was, of course, nominated for more Tonys than I think almost anybody and then any writer. Then any uh, well, writer. he was the the what I heard is he was nominated for more combined Oscars and Tonys than any other writer. 
I did not do the research to take that apart and see if he received more Tony nominations than any other writer. Well, his shows and the actors in them. He won three Tonys. Yes. I know. And I think he was nominated like 17 times. Right. Or something like that. Uh, Well, he himself, but also the people in his shows. I think there's about 50 Tony nominations. No, I'm just counting him as a writer. Yeah. Um, he would go on to do the film adapt. Uh, Hirschfeld would draw the film adaptation of Chapter Two, and that did star Marsha Mason and James Caan. Mm. Uh, I don't think really one of the great film adaptations of, of Simon's work, um, but an interesting drawing. Sort of the two of them on a telephone, and Marsha Mason is in bed, and 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 James Caan's talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he he then follows this up with uh, they're playing our song, right? Uh, which starred Lucy Arnaz and Robert Klein, right. the comedian Robert Klein. And this is Desi and Lucy's daughter. Correct. And it's a musical. It had music by Marvin Hamlish, uh, and that's something that I think just to take a moment uh, for a comic playwright. He's a man who worked with uh, Bob Fosse. Um, Cy Coleman, Marvin Hamlish, Michael Bennett. I mean, some of the biggest names in musical theater uh, uh, during his career. Mm -hmm. And he not only worked with them, he made hits for them. You know, together they made these a series of wonderful hits. Um, His early shows were directed by Mike Nichols. These were uh, Mike Nichols' first directing job was directing... Come Blow Your Horn at the Bucks County Playhouse. Mm. And he would take it to Broadway. He directed Barefoot in the Park. I mean, uh, Mike Nichols was a comedian Mm -hmm. who was transferring into the next stage of his career. And Neil Simon helped him do that. Mm. And and indeed, Mike Nichols, I think Mike Nichols helped Neil Simon and Neil Simon helped Mike Nichols. at the same time. Um, But the interesting thing is, uh, Lawrence Luckinbill went into... Uh, chapter two, he he would end up uh, playing the male lead, and Lucy Arnaz was playing, and they're playing our, our song, and they they start going out, mm. and they decide to get married, and th- since they were both in Neil Simon plays, they named their first child Simon. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. Neil Simon's next show on Broadway was I Ought to Be in Pictures with Ron Liebman. And uh, he did a Sunday drawing for that as well as a couple of individual Friday drawings. Uh, He followed that up at the same year. And this is to give you some idea. I mean, we we don't expect our writers today to have a new show on Broadway and a new film in the theater on a regular basis. Yet that's what Neil Simon was doing in the Mm. 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, And so in 1980, he had a brand new comedy on Broadway, another one that was still running. And he uh, wrote a film called Seems Like Old Times with uh, Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase and uh, Charles Grodin. Yep. And this one features the rare Hirschfeld animal. It's got three dogs in it. Three dog night, huh? Yep. And it looks like three. There might be four. Oh, wait. One, two, three, four, five. Excuse me. (laughs) And what kind of dogs are they? Well, it looks like there's a St. Bernard, some sort of hound, two Yorkies, and a little, just a little mutt with long hair. And that's Our resident dog expert. That's right. So in 1983, uh, the Alvin Theater was renamed the... Neil Simon Theater. Uh, And this was during the run of his new show, Brighton Beach Memoirs, which was playing at the Alvin at the time. And then during the show, it was 
changed names into the Neil Simon Theater, which is still going today. And uh, was that common? Did playwrights get theaters named? So for he them? was at the time he was the only living playwright to have a, a Broadway theater named after him. And he's only only one of a handful now. Right. I right. mean, there's who else the Sondheim, the the O'Neill, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the Richard Rogers. That's right. Uh, the Brooks Atkinson. Oh, true. But was he a writer? Well, he was a writer, but was he a play writer? He was not a play. <laughs> he wrote about plays. Yes, that's close. <laughs> I put Brooks out. He's a critic. Right. So I put him in with Hirschfeld, who was not right. a critic, but was also not a playwright. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hirschfeld one time was a playwright, but it didn't turn out so that's well. That's right. I think he'd rather say he was not a playwright. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I much appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot. Um, and he was the only living um, playwright to have a, a theater named after him. Um, and Brighton Beach Memoirs was the start of a trilogy of plays uh-huh. that focused on Neil Simon's life before he became a writer. So these uh, autobiographical plays, um, and they were lightly fictionalized, obviously. Sure. Um, starred uh, an actor who would really uh, become very well known, and because of these plays, in, in part, uh, Matthew Broderick. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, uh, grew up uh, wanting to see Neil Simon plays and loved Neil Simon plays. And the idea that he was just reading for a Neil Simon play was a big deal. Mm. Um, and when he got it, uh, it was he became Neil Simon, literally. I mean, that's who he was in, in the plays, mm-hmm. um, although he was given a different name. Uh, and those plays got Neil Simon a... Uh, uh, degree of respect that had eluded him up until that point. So what were the other ones? Biloxi Blues? Biloxi Blues, Mm -hmm. uh, about uh, Simon's um, life in the Army. Right. And then Broadway Bound. Gotcha. uh, Which uh, starred, had a very large cast um, about Neil Simon uh, breaking into the theater uh, Mm. or wanting to break into the theater. Uh, Phyllis Newman was in the original, um, uh, or Linda Lavin, I'm sorry. Uh, Phil- Phyllis Newman, Linda Lavin, uh, Jason Alexander were all in Broadway Bound. Mm. Um, eventually, Joan Rivers would come in. He did Friday drawings of Joan River, uh, Phyllis Newman, uh, Jonathan Silverman, who would uh, go on to have his own career. All were featured in Friday drawings of uh, Broadway Bound. Mm. Uh, so just a few more facts about the Neil Simon Theater. Uh, the record at that theater is for Hairspray. So it ran the longest. Yep. Drawn by Hirschfeld. Yep. 2,642 performances, which was about six and a half years. And then also there that you might have seen Catch Me If You Can premiered there. Not drawn by Hirschfeld. No. No. These were not drawn by Hirschfeld because these are post-hairspray. Big Fish, which I saw at the Neil Simon Theater. The Revival of Cats. That was Mm -hmm. recently done. The the revival, the (laughs) Revival of Angels in America. And right now it's the Share Show that's playing there. Oh, the Share Show. That's fun to say. The Share Show. (laughs) It's like Share Show. (laughs) We could almost do a whole show on the Share Show. The Share Show. (laughs) So we won't go through every show that he did because... Surprisingly, he's still very active in the 90s, although he doesn't, he starts off the decade with um, really maybe one of his last great shows, which is Lost in Yonkers, Mm. uh, which not only won him a Tony, but won him a Pulitzer. Interesting. Again, a semi-autobiographical play about uh, his life growing up. Um, But he, but Hirschfeld had drawn Lost in Yonkers. 
he uh, rumors right before that, uh, Jake's women after that, uh, but none uh, besides Lost in Yonkers, neither one of those other plays really caught fire. Yeah, and in fact, there was a sort of law of diminishing returns at this point for mm-hmm. Neil Simon. He would continue to produce some, I think, fairly well-made shows. They just didn't, the audience had moved on. So there was laughter on the 23rd floor uh, about his life as a TV writer. Nathan Lane starred as the Sid Caesar uh, character. That's fun. Um, There was the stage adaptation, musical adaptation of The Goodbye Girl with Bernadette Peters, Mm. um, which just did not capture the zeitgeist in any way. Right. Uh, and then the last, there were, there were two shows at the very end of Hirschfeld's career, and the last what turned out to be the end of Neil Simon's active career. Uh, one was The Dinner Party. Uh, that was um, sort of a, a play. It was a comedy, but it was a much darker comedy starring John Ritter and Henry Winkler. Mm, um, I love Henry Winkler. <laughs> uh, the last Neil Simon uh, show that Hirschfeld drew, and this is a new uh, Neil Simon show, is 40 sec- 45 seconds from Broadway mm-hmm. yes. in uh, November of 2001. Wow. And this uh, play took place in the restaurant of the Edison Hotel, and uh, uh, which is right there in Times Square, mm. uh, sometimes called the Polish Tea Room. And I know about the Russian tea room, but I've never heard of the Polish tea room. Yeah, well, it wasn't called the it wasn't officially called the Polish oh, tea okay. room, and it was kind of a joke. Uh, but it was a place that you could get a cheap meal, and okay. a lot of Broadway people. Hung I was going to say, is it like the cheap Russian tea room? Yes, so I was not far off. No offense to any Polish listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a for Hirschfeld. It's you know it's interesting. It, there's uh, it's a very complicated drawing. Uh, there's a lot of people in the drawing. It was a very yeah. large cast. And it just seemed like there wasn't that sort of simple through line that would make a great Hirschfeld drawing or it turns right. out a great Neil Simon play because it didn't run long. Yeah, yeah. I think Neil Simon plays a very important role in our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, his plays, I think a handful of them will still be done 50 years from now. Sure. You know, Odd Couple, Barefoot in the Park. Mm-hmm. Um, those are shows that I think will continue to attract an audience because they really capture uh, human nature. Yes, and they're not um, specific to one time period. Right. Um, you can always have two mismatched roommates or newlyweds who are working through newlywed problems. Right. It's not, they're not married to those, that time period. And so you can redo them and they're always relevant. Sure. And there have been revivals of both of them. And they're in fact talking about another odd couple revival on Broadway now. Oh, fun. You know, which would be great. Yeah. And if you get a chance to see a Neil Simon uh, play, I encourage you to do it. We saw Chapter 2 not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was surprised at how good it was. Um, and I think there's, and if you get a chance to see the films, I would definitely see, well, The Odd Couple movies is really wonderful. Barefoot mm-hmm. in the Park is really quite a wonderful film. Murder by Death is, is, is just funny. <laughs> um, and California Sweet will give you a very good idea of those kind of plays that uh, he did. He also wrote, I mean, The Out of Towners is also a, a really funny film. Mm-hmm. It seems much more dated now. Sure, um, You sure. know, the sphere because of Because that is kind of, so that one is kind of New York in the 70s, right? Definitely. That's kind of the plot. Yeah. So, 
um, would be less relevant today, although I'm sure you can still enjoy it. Right. There's plenty of films and and plays that are set to one time period, and we still love them. Sure. Right. Gone with the Wind. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> well, listen, uh, thank you for listening today. Um, we also wanted to tell you about um, just last night uh, over at uh, New York City Center on 55th Street between 6th and 7th, um, they opened their 75th anniversary season. Mm-hmm. And why am I telling you this is because... In their uh, lobby is uh, a gallery in which all season will feature a- an exhibition or personal drawings and prints of uh, productions that have happened at City Center. Right, and we'll have the the New York Public Library Performing Arts will have basically the same thing: different drawings, different shows. Different, yeah. yeah. They're they're also doing another exhibition on the anniversary of City Center, and that will also have a, a gallery of Hirschfeld drawings. Right. It turns out Hirschfeld drew about uh, more than fifty productions mm-hmm. at City Center wow. over the years. We're gonna we'll devote a, a podcast to that mm-hmm. uh, in the near future. But if you are hungry to see some original Hirschfeld drawings, yeah. uh, head on over to City Center. If you go uh, in the first two weeks of uh, October, there is a great thing called the Fall for Dance Festival mm-hmm. in which they bring in dance companies from around the country and around the world uh, to perform. And every seat is $15. So it is, I mean, cheaper almost as much as a movie ticket. And It's uh, cheaper than going out to dinner. Oh, it's cheaper than going out to dinner. Not the case. <laughs> right, exactly. You're going to see first class dance mm-hmm. for very little money, yeah. uh, which is the heart of what City Center was established for the right. best entertainment at the lowest prices. Right. So if you get a chance to go see uh, the Fall for Dance Festival at City Center, um, you'll be doing yourself a favor. And as an extra added bonus, you will get to see uh, uh, 13 Hirschfeld drawings and prints. Yeah, yeah. These are original drawings. So oh, yeah. there are some reproductions, but mostly they're real drawings. The board. Yeah he drew on which is so much different than seeing Anything a print else. or seeing a reproduction of it so. well if you like what uh, you've heard today um, you can learn more about Al Hirschfeld by going to our website alhirschfeldfoundation.org that's right you can look up any performer production period publication we are at Al Hirschfeld Foundation on Facebook and at Al Hirschfeld on Twitter and Instagram uh, this podcast is at alhirschfeldfoundation.org slash podcasts. S is for Simon. Simon. That was an easy one. <laughs> uh, please uh, review us. Did you say that, David? No. Okay. Uh, if you review us, it really helps because yes. other people find out about us. That's and we'd right. like to expand our listenership from 12 to 13. That's right. We, we want to. Our theme music is performed by Dick Hyman. It's called Three or More Ninas. Um, You can find more about Dick Hyman at dickhyman.com. Correct. Uh, If you have uh, something you want to tell us, correction, advice, ideas for uh, These are just corrections for things David has said. (laughs) She keeps her mouth shut on a lot of things. I can't, you know... (laughs) Can't correct it. Uh, if your views on Robert Q. Lewis, you can send directly to Catherine. <laughs> I'd um, love to hear them. <laughs> you can reach us both at info at alhirschfeldfoundation.org. That's right. Unfortunately, we will both see it. Um, <laughs> and we look forward to seeing you in another two weeks. Yeah, we'll see you when we do. Bye. Bye-bye.